0: at mikecrock.com forward slash book that's mike c-r-o-c.com forward slash book go get yourself a copy and subscribe to the what are you made of podcast on itunes spotify or your favorite podcast platform if you like watching these it's available on youtube at my channel mike c-rock Scirocco. now enjoy the show Welcome back to another episode of What Are You Made Of? with your boy, the unstoppable Mike Searock. You can be unstoppable too. Just go get that Rocket Fuel book, Convert Setbacks, Become Unstoppable, with the forward written by Grant Cardone. Talks about what the Rocket Fuel law has done for him and his life and business. So you can go get that book on Amazon or MikeSearock.com forward slash book. Today's guest is known person on the clubhouse world. And I don't know if that's a sensitive topic or what have you right now with you, but Mario now in the house. He's been traveling like crazy. His sleep's all messed up, he said. And, uh, but he's the founder of the Athena Group and companies and a business conglomerate with, that operates in more than 40 countries. Mario started his first business with $300 in the bank, selling blenders door to door. He propelled Fruity to $1 million a year in one year and over $10 million in year two, all bootstrapped. Many other things going on right now. Mario, welcome to the show, man. What's up, Hey, so selling, man, let's talk about that. Usually I start the show with asking, what are you made of? But I'll get to that in a second. How important has has the fact that you went door to door selling early on
1: been to your success in your business now? It teaches you one of the most important skills in business, and that's copywriting, knowing what to say and when to say it. So, copywriting, people, when they think about copywriting, like writing articles, writing ads, website copy. But well, copywriting is more than that. It's drafting an email when reaching out to someone. It's knowing what to say to someone on a call. It's knowing what to say to someone when negotiating a deal. When you're going door to door and you have like three to five seconds to convince someone to listen to the next part and then another three to five seconds to listen to the next part and it goes on and on until the close. Every single word matters. Every single gesture matters. They're seeing you as well. So I had to learn that the hard way. And that was my first job. You know, I was at university. I heard a boy. His name was Farrah Gray. I met him again on, on Clubhouse. But I first time I heard about him was like seven, I don't know, eight years ago. And he made his first million at age 14. It was a video, an outdated video about him making the first million. And I'm like, holy crap. You know, I, I don't need to finish banking and finance. I don't need to finish university. There's this thing called entrepreneurship. And um, I went out and got the first job, which was door knocking. And that propelled to where I am today.
0: Love it, man. I started in sales too. Same thing. In-home sales, man. Just grinding, grinding, grinding. But man, you're right. I can talk to anybody. I can say what I need to be said. And accomplish and get what what, whatever we need, you know. So, but it's important to be ethical, of course. The show starts all the time by the question, "What are you made of?" So, I'm going to ask you that now, Mario. What are you made of,
1: man? I was thinking about this just before this podcast. Like, I'm going through a period right now that's tough again in business, and I'm thinking, man, is it really worth it? Like, I'm comfortable in life. Do I really need to go through that drama? I was just thinking of this literally before this podcast. As I was joining you, I was thinking about it, and my answer is going to probably be yes. I'm going to do it anyway, and that probably answers your question as well. I persevere. Perseverance. I just can't not take on a challenge and jump in head first. So it's a pretty good thing to be made of, to have that perseverance. Um, the Clubhouse story is another example of that. So um, that, I hope that answers your question, man.
0: Yeah. Look, man, there's a, there's a word called stubborn and a lot of people hear the word stubborn and they think bad things, negative connotation. I looked up the word in Merriam-Webster dictionary, it says perversely unyielding. Now think about that for a second. Unyielding is strong enough But when you throw perversely unyielding on top of that, it's like putting it on steroids. And there's another word. I'm always looking up words, man. And I saw another word that I was reading. I didn't know what the word meant, honestly. So I looked it up. Inexplorable. Inexplorable means unyielding. So I would say you're made of those things. And perseverance is a word that's commonly used. I like to look at different words that people don't use or people don't use enough. But I I love that, man. That's what I'm all about as well. Same thing, man. That's what the the rocket fuel book, the rocket fuel law that I I wrote and, and talk about all the time is all about taking anything that stops you, slows you down, and then just converting it into rocket fuel and propelling. And you become unstoppable if you can do that. And that's the magic. So with that being said, where did that come from in your life? Tell us back. You can take us back as far back as diapers when you were crawling to now. How were you built? What ingredients went into
1: making you? Okay. So uh, there's three points I wanted to mention. And one of them is asking your last question. The first one is about stubbornness. I think stubbornness is is a powerful skill to have if used properly because being stubborn on the wrong thing could backfire. When you're like stubborn, you want to make something work, not realizing that maybe it's putting your focus on the wrong thing. Now, it's a skill to know when to move on, when to pivot, when not to pivot. But it's an, if you have that personality trait, if you have that characteristic, it is a massive weapon. So I wanted to add that point there. I love how you said that you turn obstacles into opportunities. You worded it differently, which is what you talk about. I think this is a topic that I'd love to touch on at the end. We said we'll, we'll touch on it at the end. But I think it's probably one of the most important topics in life because everyone will get punched in the face. As Mike Tyson said, well, I don't know what they're saying. You know what they're saying? You, you, Everyone yeah, yeah. Every, uh, until they get punched in the face.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Everybody has a game plan until they get punched in the face. Exactly. Yep.
1: Yep. <laughs> exactly. So it's, it's just what you do with that punch that determines the outcome. And yeah. that's a really impo- important point where to discuss eh? And yeah. to go to answer your question, I don't want to digress too much about my journey and where I got this. There is a great debate, nurture versus nature, where you get certain personality traits. Are you born with some? Are they developed at a young age? Because some things are developed without even knowing where they came from. I don't remember anything before the age of what? 16 15 17 18 like literally zero maybe flashbacks here and there but imagine like do you remember much about when you were six months old probably not but things that happened while you were six months old determine who you are now this is out of your control as you get older it's harder to determine the, you know your personality traits become ingrained in you it's harder to change which is a bad characteristic to have always be open to change and evolving everyone's always learning so I'll I'll my my question and I'll, I'll try to bring it in a way to give value to the audience for me How I became who I am is probably the hardships that I had to go through. I had no choice but to persevere. My mom did the same thing. So that's probably what created who I am today. And who I am today is a a Lego. I had to build it brick by brick, month by month, for many, many years. So I was definitely not born as I am today. I was very different back then to who I am now. Where did you grow up? Lebanon. uh, Uh, Lebanon. Till the age 11. And then at age 11, I migrated to Australia. Which is again, that's the hardship. Like when they're speaking no English and um, having to learn a whole new language and a whole new different country. And then I moved like four times in Australia every year would move at least once. So hardship was ingrained for in, in me from a young age. And Lebanon is not an easy country to live in. Yeah. So that kind of kinda answers your question. To bring it, you know, to bring the value to the audience, I'd say just construct yourself. Like who what makes Mike who he is today? I'm sure it's a conglomeration of experiences and challenges that you've gone through. I think that applies for everyone. It's just a matter of what you did with them and you wrote a book on them, you touched on the subject. It's all these things that you went through. What you did with them determines who you are today, determines the podcast that you have today and the success you have today. I think that applies to most successful people. They will face hardships. And it's what you do when you face those hardships that determine the outcome.
0: Yeah. And so you told me like prior to starting the show here that you're traveling a lot. What's leading you to traveling all over the place now and not being settled in one spot?
1: My, I, I know myself, and I'm a person that depends on momentum. I think mean, knowing yourself is really important. What drives you? What brings you pleasure? Because then you can focus on those things. Everyone gives different advice. What applies to you is determined by who you are, knowing yourself, doing a few personality, personality um, quizzes. And I depend on momentum and growth. Whenever I feel there is no growth, there is no momentum, I need change. So I go to a new country. I change my atmosphere. I, I get a new challenge there. Environment, So. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, get a new environment, get something new. Some, it's, always, it's always a different reason why I travel, but it, it's become who I am. Like I have to travel every few weeks or months.
0: Wow, for weeks too, man. All, every few weeks, man. I like to. So I live in Maryland. I live in a place and it gets freaking cold as shit in the, uh, in the wintertime. And I like to travel as much as I can, at least once a month for a few days a week or whatever. But, but I feel you, man. I cannot sit any place one one time. I mean, I, I man, relate 100% with you on that.
1: Talking about the cold, I was in Slovenia. For three, four years ago, and I go out. I loved it. I was in the city center of Slovenia, beautiful freaking country. It's called Ljubljana. The city center. You go out. There's nice churches and everything. It's walking place. There's no cars allowed in the city city center. A lot of tourists, music on the street, nice restaurant. It was paradise. I was on near the river. It was incredible. Okay, I would wake up there. I spent like six months there, seven months, and then one day I go out and it's snowing like crazy. It's freezing, and I need to go on my walk as I jump on my calls. I love walking it was just freezing. That same day, after being seven months there, I called my, my assistant, I called my partner at the time. I'm like, Hey, you know, snowing, freezing. We need to go. They're like, okay. They were going to train dancing. They're dance, professional dancers. They're like, all right, can we go tomorrow? I'm like, all right, cool. After seven months, pack our bag, go tomorrow. I didn't know how long. I said, we'll go, for like a couple of, we'll go for a couple of weeks. And then they called me back. They're like, actually, we can go tonight. Same night, we left the country. And we left some of our stuff in the country. We said, we'll go for two weeks. And uh, that was three years ago. And haven't been there since. <laughs>
0: that's yeah, that's wild, man. That's so insane. wild. So so you dance, huh? That's what you're...
1: Man, I freaking love it. Like I travel the world dancing. I'm going to Turkey in, in a week and a half or two weeks. To I go to festivals. As an artist, you get invited to festivals, uh, bachata festivals, like a sensual dance. It's the perfect exit to deal with all these punches i get to the face
0: yeah yeah all right so we're gonna talk about the punches in a second but how did you get into dancing
1: i watched a movie a long time ago called scent of a woman with al pacino i'm like that yeah, yeah. guy yeah you remember that movie remember how he's yeah. behind and he dances with that girl yeah like, man i gotta dance and, and i told you i my personalitys i've built it brick by brick i'm like i want to meet girls i want to good be a good dancer and that was back in high school uh, university and um i'm like i i want to do this i go out i learned tango then i realized i asked the guy i'm like where can i learn tango where can i dance it in socials. They're like, yeah, there's not many places. Most of the places are older people, you know, it's not like a cool atmosphere for young people. I'm like, cool. He's like, maybe you should learn salsa. That one, you can go to clubs around the world and that's it. So I get into salsa. Later, I get into the bachata, which is more sensual with a girl, and there's my bachata journey. That's my second um, life, other than business.
0: I wanted to take a quick break here to remind you that my book, Rocket Fuel, is available for sale now at mikecrock.com. Forward slash book. That's MikeCROC.com forward slash book. Go get a copy and share it with your friends and family. It will change lives,
1: guys. I will not let you down. Now back to the show.
0: And how has it worked picking up the ladies and all?
1: It's a hack, man. I love growth hacks. I'm a growth hacker. I've got a growth hacking agency. So it's a hack for life. It's a great way to meet girls, enjoy music, exercise all in one. And when you meet people, because I'm, I'm not a social person, I don't have time to go for dinners. Go out, have a beer with people. I don't do any of that stuff. I haven't done it all my life. Um, I'm very, very focused, obsessed and being productive every single minute. So I'm like, I need a hack for having human interaction because I heard a TED speech that says, you know, human lack of human interaction is the number one reason above smoking, above drinking for death. My like, holy shit! I'm a very healthy person, but I'm missing the most important ingredient. And um, dancing allowed me to, to hack that by just meeting people, meeting girls without having to go on dates and do all that stuff. And I did something else to hack that human interaction. That's renting Big Villa, as you can see here. I'm in a big villa. The lights are off, because the lighting oh, for the awesome. interview. yeah. And I just bring people with me. So I bring all my team. I got eight people here in this one and we all work together, grind together. The one before this one was in uh, Turkey.
0: So it's not that you're not extroverted. It's just that you don't feel like you have the time to socialize because you're so regimented and focused on what you want to accomplish.
1: Too obsessed in being productive every single waking second.
0: Yeah. So how do you recharge or take a second to just even reassess?
1: It used to be more work, but now I needed like work because work is not work. There's the tough side of work. Like You're going out and jumping on calls, trying to close deals, putting out fires. And there's the positive thing where you're just reading a book, chatting to your management team. Those are experiences I enjoy. But now it's gotten to a stage where I need something else. And that's become dancing with my... I've got a dance partner that travels the world with me. And that's been my exit. And damn, man, I needed I freaking need that exit. Life right. is
0: tough. Right. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. So let's talk about the punches to the face, man. What's going on? What can you share with us? And what, you know, I know you some stuff you don't want to, but what's going on? What, what can we learn man, from you?
1: I, broken jaw, broken nose, broken ear up and beaten up. I've had fights with Mike Tyson at least three times in the past year. So, um, and I think hopefully that brings value to anyone listening. You know that even when someone's very successful, and I consider myself relatively successful, it's, you still go through the same freaking struggles. And I read books about billionaires or centimillionaires, people that have hundreds of millions of dollars, going through periods of time where they're, they're struggling, they commit suicide, or they, they go through really tough periods in life. And you might think like, how? Like, they got all the money. Why do they need it? And when you get deep into something, it doesn't matter how much money you got you get deep into it. Like I was deep into Clubhouse and I got my account suspended. Now I had the biggest room, biggest following and the fastest growing person on the platform. I would spend every waking minute on it for a month to build the community that I had. And it got frozen. That whole momentum just suddenly stopped. Now I had my businesses. I still had my dancing, but I was so deep into it that it still freaking hurts. Um, I'm deep in BitCloud right now. It's another platform, a social media platform, BitCloud. I've got an account there. I was growing like really quickly. I'm just facing some struggles there. I feel like whenever you're growing really quickly, I know you hear this a lot, people will put you down, but holy shit, it's true, man. It's fine well, well, how people want to put you down.
0: How, how do you assess this though? Because see, I'm a big guy on 100% responsibility and that gives me the 100% control because the, lack, you know, the degree you give up responsibility for things, you give up control, right? So oh, as yeah, you're Grant's assessing this, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, as you're ses- assessing this though, looking back on any of this, let's just talk about Clubhouse for a second. Like did you look back and say, okay, what could I have done differently to avoid this? Because it's easy to blame whoever reported you or several people or whatever the case is, right? Or the environment or the culture of Clubhouse. But have you looked at it and said, what could I have done differently?
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. I know Grant, he's jumping on my podcast in a month or so. He's my he mentor, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I saw his book in the background. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, mentioned yeah. Earlier, mentioned earlier, yeah. Yeah, crazy guy. He's been in my rooms a few times on Clubhouse. Yeah, He talks about this. And I, um, I, I can't remember which book, but he says like, you have got to own up to everything. I think that's really good to do that because that gives you that, it's, it's a balancing act. Okay. Owning up to things gives you that level of control. Because as soon as you say that has, Naval Ravikan, really smart guy. I don't know if you know Naval, but a really intelligent guy. And he talks about this. And a few other people talk about it. Tim Ferriss talks about it. They say, the things that are outside your control, don't think about them. The things that you literally cannot control. Don't think about. and I'll, I'll get to where you can, what you can control. So I cannot control. I'll give you an extreme example: if global warming or an asteroid hits the Earth or whatever it is and destroys humanity, I cannot control a pandemic taking effect. I cannot sit there stressing about a pandemic. I cannot str- sit there stressing about who was president. These things are things I shouldn't focus on because I can't control them. What I can control is what I do in response to those things. So if there is a pandemic, what am I doing about it? If there is a different president that's going to change the policies in the country and have an economic impact. How is that going to affect my business? And what can I do? Should I move? You know, There's the UK, there's the Brexit. I have a business in the UK. What would I do in response to that? I'm an investor in a few companies. I'm deep in crypto. So it's one crypto company that could face any changes, legal changes, changes in law that could impact them. And they might need to change jurisdictions or where they're based. What can we do within our control so we're not too vulnerable to these things that we can't control? Now, to go back to the clubhouse thing, it's a balancing act. On one side, I can't think that, hey, I messed up because that will just drive you into a deep circle. Like, I messed up. I should have done this different. I should have done – no, hindsight is twenty twenty. I should have done this different because you don't know when you do things how other people respond, what the impact will be. And yeah. there's risks you take where they'll actually lead to massive reward, but at the same time, Grant is a great risk taker and, and he's done – he's taken steps that could have went really bad, but they went well. So it's about owning up to the fact that I am taking a risk, that it could either go well or it could go badly. And if it goes badly, I've got to own up to it. I'm like, I took the risk. I couldn't have done anything different knowing what I knew back then. Again, you know, what you know now is different than what you knew back then. Yep. Knowing what I knew back then, I think I did the right thing. This is the outcome. So be it. Let me take the outcome and see what I could do next. Like Clubhouse. I got suspended from Clubhouse. I couldn't sit there and cry about it for a while, which, which I did. Not technically cry, but I sat there being bummed for a while because I thought <laughs> <you> I <laughs> loved it. I yeah. freaking love momentum. Momentum just got stopped. Clubhouse had massive momentum. It just got shut down. So that's like the worst thing, knowing my personality. But what can I do next? I'm, I'm the biggest space on Twitter Spaces, which is a copycat of Clubhouse. And now today, someone sent me an article that Clubhouse Twitter is looking at acquiring Clubhouse for $4 billion. So my step into Twitter Spaces and dominating Twitter Spaces could end up getting me back onto Clubhouse in a funny way. So the way I did it, I, the way I responded, what else did I do? I'm doing now LinkedIn and Facebook and YouTube Live using a similar concept to Clubhouse. where We get big people and we found a way to get their following to know about us going live. really good way of doing it. So I took what I achieved in Clubhouse and the following that I built and moved it to other live platforms. Um, So the response is within your control. You own up to the outcome of it. Don't cry about what you've done, what you could have done different. It is what it is. And taking more ownership allows you to have more control over the things, the outcome of it. So if I control the ownership, what I did on Clubhouse, now the outcome is is within my control as well.
0: Yeah. Grant also says, never rely on one of anything. So-
1: Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Like this is, this is so true. People love to talk about focus, which is true. Focus is important. There's a great book called The One Thing that talks about it by Ryan Keller or something.
0: Gary Keller. Yeah. It's yeah, a great yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Gary Keller. Yeah. yeah, so great book, but it's a risky thing to do, man. Like imagine I put all my, I've closed all my businesses, sold all my businesses. I built a business around Clubhouse. I said I didn't have my companies. I went all in on Clubhouse, built my business around Clubhouse, everything Clubhouse, nothing else, not Mario. I focused on Clubhouse. Like with my room, I focused on the round table, which is now, if you go to roundtable.club, it's a whole new business. In my room, it was called the round table. Everyone knew on Clubhouse, the round table was the biggest room. That's Mario's room. I focused on building that brand. What did other people do? They focused on building their following, not the brand of their, brand, uh, their, 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 their room. So they focused on one thing, which is Clubhouse. Their following goes away, with Clubhouse goes away. Yep. That was yep. their decision. Yep. Okay? That's a risky step. Now, Clubhouse went away. If it goes away, if Twitter acquires it. Most likely, their following is going to go away if Twitter closes down, Clubhouse moves it to Twitter. Maybe they don't do that. But if they do, there's Clubhouse gone. But if you spread your, if, you, if I started spreading the round table to different platforms, I have businesses in e-com, different, you know, e-bikes, blenders and juices, uh, kitchen appliances. I'm very deep in crypto. I've got a VC fund. I'm about to become the CEO of another fund and uh, that's publicly listed. I'm on BitCloud. I'm all in on BitCloud now, another social media platform. Um, I've got a company that works with publicly, I've got all these different businesses. People are like, why, Mario? I'm like, man, because I'm too scared. I'm not a risk taker. I don't want to know that if I woke up one day and crypto collapsed because Satoshi Nakamoto, the the, um, founder of Bitcoin, comes out and says, hey, I'm a scammer, whatever it is, and Bitcoin goes away and all I am is crypto. I can't sleep at night with that risk. I want to know that I have my community, I have my blenders and juices, I have my other businesses. Yeah, there's
0: a difference between when there's chaos and confusion. Gary Keller's talking about one thing, grab onto one thing, and everything else becomes still, and you can focus on one thing at a time, rather than relying on one thing, that going away. And you know, I'm 100% with that. Now, as we wind down the show, what's the best way for my audience to engage with you?
1: By the way, I love the way you summarized the one thing. I think what you just said now, and if anyone didn't hear, can you say it again one more time for the audience? I think it's really, really important.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's a difference between when there's chaos and confusion, and grabbing onto one thing to start chopping away at stuff rather than relying on one thing for all of your income or, or success, right? So I'm going to
1: start using that, man. I'm going to use yeah. that.
0: Yeah. So what's and the best way to, for people to engage with you now?
1: Just Google me. Mario Norful, N-A-W-F-A-L. So Mario Norful, I've got an account on BitCloud. That's where my focus is. If you want to actually have me help you personally, just join me on BitCloud. I'm giving that community a lot of love. That's a great platform. But otherwise, if you Google me and you join me on any platform, just DM me. My team will respond to you. Or go to roundtable.club to join my shows, which are pretty freaking entertaining. It's roundtable.club. I'm
0: going to jump on there, man. Last question here. Last question. The rocket fuel law, man. See my shirt setbacks? Turn them into rocket fuel. Anything that comes your way, that would slow you down or stop you. The faster that you can take action to turn it into fuel rather than wallowing in the sorrows, the faster you can look for opportunities, the better
1: you are, period. I can say other things with period. What does that law mean to you? I've been asked a lot, what's the book that I recommend the most? And it's a book called The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. It's the one I've recommended the most. Stoicism is something that has, I've used to get me through the toughest of times. You've taken it a step further. He said he kind of gave it more fuel. Where We talked earlier about owning up to the things that happen to you. Because there's, and we talked before, I think even during the interview or just before the interview, that shit will happen to you. What you do with it will determine the outcome. So if I, and we use Clubhouse as an example. If I sat there crying and did nothing else and I depended on Clubhouse, that obstacle, which is me getting suspended, the worst thing that you can imagine, would just shut down my whole journey. But if you turn it into fuel, you turn it into a a way, like Ryan Holiday says, into an opportunity, then it becomes, you could turn it into something positive. You could literally turn something negative to something positive. So that mindset is one of my secret weapons. I think if your book talks about this man, I'd want to check it out and add it to my books that I'd recommend because the concept. It's freaking powerful, man. It's really,
0: yeah, really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. It's everything to me, man. It's, it's been for everything. For all the stuff that I've gone through as a kid on up, it's been everything. So, man, I want to thank you for my heart, man, for coming on the show today. I'm going to check out, what is it? Roundtable.club? Yeah, man. I'm going to check that out. I'm going to be following you more, man, and get involved more, engaging as much as I can. If there's anything I can ever do to help you, all you got to do is ask your boy C-Rock, man. Mario, appreciate you, man. you, okay, man. Thank you. You guys, have been listening to the "What Are You Made Of" podcast with your boy, the Unstoppable Mike C Rock, and it sounds like to me Mario falls into that category of Unstoppable. You guys, I hope you enjoyed the show. Please go subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and/or watch these on YouTube at Mike C Rock Until next time, be Unstoppable. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of What Are You Made Of. Be sure to check my website out at themikecrock themikesirock, the com, with no K, dot com, and let us know how we can help you or your business reach its full potential.